It is a Friday afternoon, and that means it is Facebook Live Friday. Brian Milam, and that is Alex Walker. He is, uh, as you could tell, he's not dressed. Hey, hey, hey there he is. <laughs> hey, he disappeared over there. Um, we got back from Hoover, Alabama, and the SEC football media days last night. As you could tell, he's not working today. And uh, he's been out early this morning Shooting football, football yeah. interviews and whatnot. Uh, but let's just jump into it. UK football, SEC football, your first time going to the SEC Media Day in Hoover. What was it like for you? It was neat. Uh, it's certainly the mecca of college football, right? I mean, I've never been to a Media Days where the fans come. So that was kind of <laughs> fascinating to me that all these different fan groups were coming from all over the, uh, the, the South to be there. Uh, Kentucky fans were there, a couple of them. Supposedly, according to Pat Forty, he's been going there a long time, has never seen Kentucky fans there. So that kind of is a testament to the rise of the program here in Lexington. But uh, my one regret is that I didn't get to see the, the dude from Alabama wearing the big ring hat that you're a big yeah. fan of. So didn't get to see that. But outside of that, very cool experience. But you did see the Auburn oh, dog yeah. as a tiger. Yeah, there's this little dog about this big that this guy paints oh, like the Auburn tiger. Poor, and I felt so bad for that dog. dog. It's like looking at you like, why? Why, why does this here? guy own me? Uh, so. Oh, goodness. Uh, but we're going to take your questions and any comments you might have on Facebook Live. We will try to answer those over the next uh, 10, 15 minutes or so. We'd like to hear what you think. Who's going to win the SEC? What kind of season is Kentucky going to have? Is six wins. That's what they've been projected as by a lot of the national slash regional media. Is that too many, too few, about right? We want to hear from you and what you think. And I think personally, just to kind of jump into that category, I think six wins from a team that won 10, even though, yeah, you have a lot of question marks. What team doesn't have a lot of question marks? I mean, Alabama, if you listen to Nick Saban, he goes, ah, we're the worst team of all time, you know. And Vandy thinks they're disrespected. Kentucky's disrespected. Georgia is picked to do this. I think right now, six wins is a little under what I would think for Kentucky, and I'm not wearing a big blue fan hat either. I think this is a club that could win seven. I think at the most could win nine. And uh, I think we're, I think personally, seven, eight if you get a if you get a little help somewhere and you look at the team just from a nuts and bolts perspective uh, their strength the offensive line is once again going to be experienced it's going to be a veteran group it's going to be a group that could protect a quarterback in terry wilson who spent most of last year hurt now that he's healthy they can protect him and allow that offense to operate and that quarterback Terry Wilson, if he can make the leaps in the bounds we expect him to make from a confidence perspective, that's a good thing. And it's not like when Benny Snell leaves the cupboards bare. Right. Uh, Smoke, A.J. Rose, Chris Rodriguez, they have tons of backs that are ready to make their impact in the SEC. On the defense, yeah, they lose a lot of pieces. Most of their secondary, Josh Allen, of course. But, man, they have a lot of young talent. Devontae Robinson, Chris Oaks, DeAndre Square from last year that already proved they can compete in the SEC and compete well. So the cupboard is not bare. And I think this team could certainly win eight at max nine games. And I think that it is Kentucky. It is what John Calipari calls the Kentucky effect on the positive side. I think when you say the Kentucky effect on football, it's automatically – uh, well, it's Kentucky, yep. you know, and I, I understand after five decades of watching a team have a great season and then be subpar for five or six, have a good season, another good season, and then step back again. I understand, but I also understand what Rich Brooks had started 10, oh, so what, 15 years ago, I guess, 
And I see the same thing happening with Mark Stoops. It took Rich Brooks coming out of a uh, probationary period from the NCAA. Hey, you're on probation a couple of years. You can't do this and this and this. I think people forgot that. I think people forget just how tough it was for Mark Stoops coming in. And he looked at this thing going, what do I have here? I've got Bud Dupree. I've got maybe one guy here. This is not a good ball club. And it has taken a short amount of time, especially by Kentucky standards, to turn this team into a Citrus Bowl winner, a 10-game winner, a first-round pick, top-seven pick winner. And I really believe that Kentucky, if they get a right break, I think you could have that 8-9 win season. Very, very possibly. Some of the people on Facebook, Gladys Benedict, I called you out, Gladys, sorry. How many wins? She goes, lots. And then says five. I said, well, that's not enough. Uh, a lot of people say say eight. There are, there's an 11 and one in there. That would be outstanding. Uh, Donald says six. So, it, you know, we'll wait and see. It's still way too early because a lot can happen. Of course. And then and, and we'll certainly see early on uh, what Kentucky looks like. And from a let's just look purely at the schedule because a lot of times it boils down to the matchups and, and who sure you're playing at home, who you're playing on the road, obviously. In the SEC East, South Carolina is one of the teams picked ahead of Kentucky in the conference. South Carolina has arguably the most difficult schedule in the country, <laughs> and they're somehow picked above a Kentucky team that has beaten them, what, five times in a row now? Yep. So you look at the people voting on this. Uh, obviously, everyone has different opinions, but it baffles me that Kentucky, <laughs> once again, is picked Join to finish sixth in the SEC East. Ahead of only Vanderbilt, which we knew Vanderbilt we picked to finish seventh in that side. But from a conference perspective, from a schedule perspective, let's break down game by game and kind of look at what Kentucky's dealing with. Because first impressions when I looked at the schedule when it came out, there is plenty of room for Kentucky to once again have a really impressive season. You look week one. August 31st, I believe, last week, last day of August, uh, you open up against Toledo. The MAC can always give you troubles, but let's chalk it up as a win. Toledo, I don't think anyone's pick, picking Kentucky to lay an egg in the road. You Robo. better win the first two. Yeah, if yeah. Eastern Michigan, Bowl, you better correct. Win. Eastern Michigan, uh, they're improving as a program, but two and zero. That big one's Florida. You have Florida sure. at home. It's a night game. Uh, Mark Stoops was talking yesterday in Hoover. I'm so glad I finally can stop answering the Florida question. <laughs> and some guys still ask about Florida. And Mark was like, did you not see yeah, what did we did in Gainesville it? last year? Because we beat. By double and digits? By so he fi finally gets to stop answering the Florida question. So let's say you beat Florida and you start 3-0, yeah. which is very feasible. Florida, Felipe Franks, they still haven't proven that they're one of the upper echelon teams in the SEC. After that, it obviously picks up steam. Uh, week four at Mississippi State in Starkville, uh, in my opinion, you look at that as a loss. There's a lot uh, of cowbell going to be coming to UK that night. Yeah. The, Just saying. Uh, yes. That's a good ball club. Take the I, Tylenol because that's <laughs> annoying, first of all. Earplugs, Tylenol, and yeah, you'll be good. And so let's say Mississippi State. This is just me. We can go you next. I say Toledo win, EMU win, Florida win, 3-0. At Mississippi State, 3-1. At South Carolina, South Carolina is at a point with, with Will Muschamp where they need to make that next step. And w w when they're trying to take that next step, Kentucky, in their eyes, is a game they have to win. Eventually, when you beat a team five wins in a row, five times in a row, eventually the other team's going to get you back, right? I think this is the year the Gamecocks do get Kentucky back. 
So let's look at three and two. You get Arkansas next. Arkansas at home. Arkansas under Chad Morris, they were awful last year, which is going to happen. They're really bad. They're, they're really bad. So w- I don't think they're going to take enough of a significant step this year to to make anything happen. So let's say four and two at Georgia. Odds are you're not going to be winning it. Georgia's the odds-on favorite to to win the SEC East. They were picked to win the SEC East. I think Georgia beats them four and three. They're still in a good spot, right? They follow that with two consecutive home games against Missouri and Tennessee. you got to beat Missouri, at home especially. And then Tennessee, that's kind of that big toss-up game that if they beat Tennessee to go to six and three – with games against Vandy, UT Martin, and Louisville, that can really start picking up steam. But if you lose to Tennessee, then it's like, uh, you know, how can that impact your season? There are the games everybody looks at, and I know, again, I don't like doing this in July because so much can happen next week or by media day in two Friday. Or what's that, next week or two Fridays from now, whenever. A lot can happen. But when you look at that schedule, there are three make-or-break games. And I think Florida could be one. I mean, yep. you have to Absolutely. beat Florida. Yep. But also, South Carolina, you got to keep that wheel rolling. And then another, I think, is Missouri. Uh, Missouri, you escape last year on the road. You win those three games. And then what do you do with Tennessee? At some point, at some point, <laughs> you have to beat Tennessee more than just once every 30 years and then beat them. Oh, yeah, then we beat them about three or four years later. And then you lay an egg in Knoxville like last year. That was maybe the worst U.K. performance I've seen in a long time. Tennessee should roll in here. Kentucky should be all guns blazing, ready to go. Uh, so I think there's possibly four games. Mississippi State game, I don't know if, if U.K. had the Archangel, Archangels with them that they're going to go down there to Starkville. Yep. Beat that team. I think, And, you know, you, you, he's the Penn State guy. And Mississippi State grabbed the Penn State uh, Tommy, um, Tommy Stevens. And yep. they, you know a lot about those guys. But Mississippi State is a team that I think could be the sleeper of the SEC, or at mm-hmm. least one of yep. them. Uh, but I think Florida, South Carolina, you got to beat Arkansas. Missouri, and let's just put Tennessee. So those four games that could shift either way could determine if we're talking about a seven-win season or are we talking about a nine-win season or I won't say double digits. And, and this is a front-loaded schedule, right? Yeah. I mean, you got Florida, Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Georgia all in your first seven games. Your final five games are Missouri and Tennessee at home, at Vanderbilt, home versus Tennessee Martin out of the mm-hmm. OVC, home versus Louisville. Remember also, eight home games this year. That's another big Love thing. Love home games. When you have eight home games, I mean, that's just another chance. Uh, you should be winning most of those games. So it's another chance. It is if you had South, if Kentucky had South Carolina schedule, I could see five and seven. I could see six and six. I mean, South Carolina is playing Clemson. They have a bunch of the, they have a couple teams in the West that are just brutally tough. They have a big chunk of games where they're just playing really good teams. Our non-conference has Clemson and Appalachian State. So. I think Kentucky has a chance, and like you said, you don't like talking about this in July. It makes sense because let's say there's a freak accident to a big skill player. You know, I'm not saying it's Terry, but last year we saw Landon Young go down, and that impacted the offensive line a little bit. Let's say a, a running back uh, gets hurt or, or a big piece of the linebacker core. You just don't know. Sure. But like you said, there are those make-or-break moments, Florida, South Carolina, Tennessee, 
that can kind of shift the momentum of the season and really put Kentucky in a position to once again win eight to nine games. Let's real quickly, uh, real quick, talk about let's discuss some of the players, the individual positions for Kentucky. Everybody looks at Terry Wilson. Let's just start on offense because offense is what everybody likes to talk about, especially when you're scoring points. What kind of impact is he going to have in year number two? People forget last year, folks, he had never taken a varsity snap on the field. He had done practice. He had done all that stuff. He had not been on the field. I think he did pretty well for a guy who has never played Division I football before. And as Mark Stoops said, he led his team to 10 wins. Did the defense have a huge role to play in that? Certainly. Did Benny Snell have a huge role to play in that? Certainly. Now, the three running backs and Terry. So you've got a quarterback with one year under his belt. A.J. Rose, who's an explosive speed guy. Then you have... Rodriguez, who is just a small tank, ready to plow people, and then maybe the best name in the history of Kentucky football, Cavassier Smoke. Yeah, Cavassier. And <laughs> I think that those four guys in the backfield, I can't wait to see what they do because there's a lot of speed, there's a yeah. lot of athleticism, and I, I would not be surprised to see another ground-and-pound type of attack the way we saw last year. Not with one running back, but with three running backs. Three running backs that have three distinct styles, too. And we saw that a little bit last year with Benny and A.J. And how many times last year did we see A.J. get the rock? And it seemed like every time he touched it, he did something special. So I think when A.J. steps into the presumed starting role uh, in week one against uh, Toledo, that he'll have the chance to prove, look, I know Benny's my guy, he's my teammate, but yeah. I have a lot to prove. And when, when, he, when you take him out, we saw Smoke towards the, the second half of the season, especially in that Louisville game, right. do some incredible things. And we saw Chris Rodriguez also early in the season in some of those early season games. Against Murray. Against Murray State especially. Yeah, just towards, I mean, taking <laughs> got three, four, five guys with him. And so what it boils down to on offense, you have plenty of skill position players that are talented. Obviously, Lynn Bowden, throw him in there to, to get him the ball in any, any situation possible. It boils down to the offensive line. They have so much veteran leadership on no that doubt. side of the ball. And when you have a guy like Logan Stenberg, Landon Young returning from injury, that offensive line sets up everything. And it gives Terry time to get the ball to his playmakers. And he's won himself, remember. And, and, and we can go from there. And two other points real quick on offense. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on Sawyer Smith, I think that was a big addition uh, for Kentucky in the offseason to get him because it allows Terry to use his feet a little bit more. If they did not have a able-bodied a quarterback, proven behind, a proven yeah. winner uh, at, a, at a impressive level down there in the Sun Belt, if they don't have a guy like that, it, it, you got to think Eddie Grant's telling Terry, look, don't run it as much. We don't. If you're hurt, we're done. But now he's a little more freedom, I think, to, to, to use his body and to go out there and make plays without that fear of ruining a season if he goes right. down. Because Sawyer, I think, if he did have to step in at any point, could be productive. As for Lynn, we did learn yesterday, by the way, if you're into looking at depth charts, David Bouvier last year returning punts. Lynn was doing kicks, I believe. Yeah. This year, Lynn Bowden will return both kicks and punts, which has to. Makes me excited just because anytime Lynn touches the ball, is a good thing for Kentucky because he can he can score in a heartbeat. You know, one thing about a punt returner, in my opinion, you you want to get some positive yards. If you can get seven or eight, ten yards out on a punt return consistently, hey, that's spectacular. One thing with Lynn as a punt returner, I don't want to see him get crunched. It's okay for you. All you want to do is 
catch the football, make sure there's a possession there. Uh, but on kickoff return, uh, he had one called back. It was about a 90-plus yard kickoff return that was called back on a penalty. He has such explosive skills. That guy is money. And guess what, folks? You get to see him for a couple more years. I yep. mean, th this is a guy who can be a game changer. And back quickly to the running backs. Benny was the guy, and he was he was a small, smaller guy, very strong, but you didn't see him break away on too many runs. He yep. had a couple. Yep. A.J. Rose has breakaway speed. Cavassier Smoke has breakaway speed. Rodriguez will, to use a boxing term, will go to the body at length. And you have a lot of guys now, I think, could also, A.J. can catch it out of the backfield. We didn't see Benny Snell catch the ball out of the backfield too much. Uh, there was not that safety valve for Terry Wilson, uh, the way Hal Mummy used to use a running back, just to float him out to the flat. And if nothing is there, dump it off. Let's see what happens. Uh, I think there's going to be a little bit more speed on offense and yes it does deal with the uh, line with the offensive line some now quickly to defense very quickly Yada would not know where to start if I was a defensive coordinator if I was Mark Stoops when you look at all of the places that you have to fill there is no Josh Allen there's no secondary returning Devonte Robinson you mentioned earlier from Henry Clay but guys and ladies of the Big Blue Nation there are some backups from last year who we've got glimpses of. And if those glimpses can become consistent, Josh Paschal will return, a healthy Josh Paschal, who is uh, reminds me a little bit um, of Micah Johnson from years ago. Uh, where's the same number and everything? Uh, but we saw Oates get some sacks in there and square. I really think the defense, maybe by week three or four, and from that point on, could just be the best kept secret in the, at mm -hmm. least the SEC East. And Mark and Marquan McCall out of Detroit, another, another guy that, that didn't have a chance to quite step in last year. And Cash Daniel made the point in Hoover that just because you don't know their names yet doesn't mean they're talented. Mm -hmm. He's like, look, Kentucky in years past, they rebuild frequently. Not now. Mark Stoops has had a consecutive recruiting classes with tons of talent, tons of rich talent that can step in and play right away. This team is reloading, and there's a bunch of, like you said, backups on the defense that I think will learn their names very quickly and who are going to be the impact players this year in the SEC. Jamie Prophet says, I wish they would ban those darn cowbells. <laughs> <clears throat> that's, that's pretty funny. A lot of people think 8-4. and four. There's some 7-5s and fives in there, 8-4 and four with a bowl win. Uh, there's some 10-2 ten and, ten and records. For those of you who have been on Facebook, we appreciate uh, the feedback. And real quick, uh, in terms of, you know, we obviously gave our predictions. Uh, I'd, my guess is eight. I think eight is a is a great season for Kentucky this year. Um, yours was. I think I, I see eight. I will reevaluate once we get to see them practice mm -hmm. a little bit. Once uh, that first game, I want to see how they perform in the first two games, just to get some rhythm to them. Uh, because you're going to see some new faces that have to get some some in-game reps. I think we'll learn early. You know what what kind of vibe do we see with Kentucky? I mean, are they going to be a team that's going to chase that eight-nine win total again? Paul Feinbaum was with him yesterday. He said Kentucky has been. He used the quote this completely and utterly disrespected in the off-season, uh, and said that he thinks they can also win eight to nine games. Saying that Mark Stoops is still one of the most underrated, undervalued coaches in the country. Um, so that's good from Paul Feinbaum. He's a guy that typically what he says is pretty close to what ends up being fact later in the season. So we think eight-ish. Here's what the rest of the media thought 
every media member attending SEC Media Days voted on their projected order of finish. Real quick, in the SEC East, Georgia, number one, followed by Florida, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, and then Kentucky, followed by Vanderbilt. So Kentucky has been picked to finish sixth in the SEC East behind a South Carolina team they've beaten five times in a row, behind a Missouri team they beat last year on the road, and behind a Tennessee team that they're projecting to make big leaps and bounds under Jeremy Pruitt, which I could see happening. As for the Western side, Alabama, uh, in a shocking projection, <laughs> has been picked to fit, well, uh, finish first in the SEC West. Goodness. Uh, followed by LSU, <laughs> Alabama, Alabama. Followed by Texas A&M, Auburn, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. And every time I look at the SEC West, you just just be thankful as yeah. a Kentucky fan that you're not on that side because good. You know, it used to be be thankful. You, you wish you were in the SEC West mm-hmm. when Alabama was not this Nick Saban yep. Alabama. Yep. And uh, now you and now it's kind of like hmm. After, after you get past the top two of the SEC East with that Georgia Florida line. <clears throat> and then you get everybody else. It is kind of good to be in the East right now because we've seen Florida struggle. We've seen Tennessee struggle. South Carolina is on the ropes a little bit. Kentucky is rising. So maybe this is another chance where it could come down to a game late in the year like it did with Kentucky and Georgia at Kroger Field with all of the marbles on the line, so to speak, because Cash Daniel did say one thing. He said, what's the point of winning 10 if you just say, well, we're going to win six or seven? He wants to get to Atlanta. Kentucky wants to get to Atlanta. And if Mark Stoops can take the Wildcats to that location, in December, my gosh, yep. that would be a lot of fun. We're going to wrap up this Facebook Live. We've got to get some uh, TV work in a little bit. It's 3.30. For Alex Walker, I'm Brian Milo. We will see you next Friday afternoon.